from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Beep boop. Hi, I'm Liana Holston. And I'm Sienna Jekyll. And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition. This podcast is a safe space for people who don't know anything about movies. Today we're watching E.T. E.T. Phone Home. Number 24 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this slimy film. (laughs) Exciting news. As you know, Toss Popcorn now has merch in partnership with Public. Well, now through January 31st, We are throwing our very first design competition. We want you, our fans, to submit designs based on a very special prompt for us to add to our shop. The prompt? Horse in cinema. The creator of the winning design will receive some free merch, a shout out on our show, and we'll use your design in our Tossed Popcorn merch. Again, that prompt is horse in cinema. Please check our socials for submission and formatting details. Submissions are open now through Monday, January 31st, and can be emailed to tossedpopcorn at gmail.com. Thank you. We love you. Horse! And don't flipping forget to subscribe to this goddamn podcast. Oh, yeah. And rate us five stars so that we can keep doing this show. We really want to. Please. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Okay, I, I actually want to start this with a little segment that you brought up before, which oh. is what I think you thought. Liana, partway through watching this movie, I, I kind of stepped back and I realized what I was looking at was just like a gross little puppet hanging out with child actors <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> and I realized I like had like a... <gasps> It was like E.T. and the boy. The boy. I could feel what you were feeling, and it was not enjoyment. Is that accurate? How did you... If I may direct you to my phone notes, and if you just scroll down very much to right at the bottom on the last page. (laughs) Okay, listeners, this uh, exclusive early phone note for you is, this really is the worst movie I have ever seen. much oh my god there was literally nothing for you here (laughs) no nary a butt was seen well even though you nailed it let's hear my prediction for what i thought et would be i cannot wait good morning sienna i am actually not about to watch et oh (laughs) because i was going to this morning but a bitch was tired so I slept in. Self-care. I'm just writing to let you know that I'm currently drinking coffee out of my tossed popcorn mug. Go to our store. <laughs> Link in bio. Anyway, I'll watch E.T. tonight in like 10 hours after work. I've seen it before and I remember E.T. phone home and it's about this little rubber mess who is <laughs> not well. Andrew Barrymore. Very young. And biking. In the 80s. Okay. Love you. Bye. That was a perfect summary of the film, actually. (laughs) This little rubber mess. (laughs) All right, Sienna, let's hear your prediction for E.T. Hi, Liana. I'm phoning you from home. (sighs) Because I'm about to watch E.T. for the very first time. Oh, my God. I have not seen this movie on purpose (sighs) because I'm not interested in it. What? I don't care about sci-fi and I don't care for the 80s aesthetic. Ma'am. I'm predicting that a little wrinkly alien is going to bike from his home planet all the way to Earth, and he's going to meet some children, <laughs> yep. probably eat snacks with them, and learn human things in like a montage. But then the government's going to get involved, and they're going to try to get him, and I bet the family will save him and adopt him as their own. And he is an extraterrestrial. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh. Okay, my qualm? Mm-hmm. You loved Star Wars. Well, <laughs> that is a hair's breadth away. It is rubber little puppets mm-hmm. and boys running around. I know. I feel like I really didn't practice what I preach. I'm not walking the walk of uh, loving puppets because I guess mm. it's much more conditional than I realized, which is I like a puppet that I like a Muppet more than anything, which is kind of a cartoon. Mm. This was just so wet. And I really didn't like this puppet. I'm so glad. I was so worried that you were going to be like, no, it was cute. When it's the worst thing I've had to look at all year. (laughs) It's funny because a lot of the movies that we'll take down and like not like, it's because of, um, you know, how upsetting and like damaging the movies are. The puppetry design of E.T. was both upsetting and damaging to me. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, 
Before we rip him to shreds, Mm -hmm. Sienna, what is a summary of the film E.T., the extraterrestrial? Well, a slimy little alien gets trapped on Earth, waddling into the lives and hearts of the skinny protagonist, Elliot, (laughs) and his siblings. The end. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, um, that was the that was eighties films. They only had to pitch it with one sentence, and everybody took a hit of cocaine and was like, "Great, <laughs> let's go." <laughs> I guess the point is that ET and the little boy have a special connection. They feel each other's feelings. Ugh. Then beyond that, it is an eighties movie. There are puppets and special effects, that kind of whatever you'd imagine. They were probably really into it at the time. But Liana, maybe you can tell us more about the time. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the historical context section for the film E.T., the extraterrestrial from 1982, starring Drew Barrymore. (laughs) (laughs) Baby Drew. Drew Barrymore. How old do you think she was in this movie? Oh, my gosh. Five. Okay. She was seven. I fully thought she was three years old. (laughs) If you had said two, I would have been like, all right. (laughs) I didn't know you got scooped up as often at the age of seven. Also, can't you like read and speak better at seven than she could in the film? She was probably playing younger, right? Oh, oh, I guess that's right. That's like how acting works. I forgot she was acting. Because <laughs> she was just that good. <laughs> that's how good she is. <laughs> anyway, okay. Some facts about the puppet. E.T. <laughs> I'm just so sorry you're going to have to talk so much about puppets. I know. I It was like pulling teeth to get me to Google this movie. I was so unenthused. <laughs> E.T. was actually played by three people. Oh, yes. He was played by two people with dwarfism named Tamara Detro and Pat Billen. And also a child named Matthew Demera, who was 11 at the time. And he was born without legs and could walk on his hands. So oh. he was actually the perfect sort of dimensions for the puppet costume that is so interesting thank you et was voiced by a woman named pat welsh who smoked two packs a day recorded for nine and a half hours and was paid 380 (laughs) dollars i also want to say i didn't fact check any of this (laughs) where did you see it i don't know (laughs) i really my mind's eye I don't know if that was, you know, nine and a half hours straight. Mm-hmm. And I'm praying that Pat got residuals from this film. Fingers crossed. The sound effects creator for the film named Ben Burt also recorded 16 other people and various animals to create E.T.'s voice. Raccoons, otters, and what animal? Horse. Horses. Even when there's not a horse in the film. There is a horse in the film. Wow. <laughs> voice over horse. <laughs> Audio horse. The most audible horse in the world. (laughs) Okay, and finally, um, Caprice Roth made and performed the hands for close-ups of E.T., which we will fucking get to. The film itself, it was unusual at the time for an alien invasion tale to be about aliens who actually came in peace. Because sci-fi, starting in like the 1950s during the Cold War, the war, was all about alien conquest. You remember talking about what's-his-ass Orson Welles in our Citizen Kane episode? Mm-hmm. And he did a War of the Worlds, that radio show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it terrified people because it was all about aliens invading. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the energy that sci-fi had. Interesting. Steven Spielberg himself directed it. 
The concept was apparently based on the imaginary friends that he had after his parents' divorce. <laughs> I know. That's actually very sweet. Eh. You're right. There was a lot of 80s pop culture seen in the film. Yes. Star Wars figures. Mm. This thing called speak and spell, which is when seven-year-old Drew Barrymore is like, fuck. <laughs> An Elvis Costello song, Reese's Pieces, shouts out. Oh. And BMX bikes. Those were all big, like, 80s suburbia items. Some have interpreted this film to be a religious allegory. Okay. And this is for you. <laughs> Do tell. The cover art of, of the poster mirrors the creation of Adam Fresco by... Michelangelo? Michelangelo. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because <laughs> it's the two fingers mm-hmm. touching. Yep. There's this theme of death and resurrection in the film. <laughs> the, the scene where E.T. like gets out of his spa day in the cryo chamber and is in like a robe and greets the world in a very Jesus-y way, sort of with his arms out. Okay, the fucking puppet. Uh, it was designed by somebody named Carlo Rambaldi. Its face was inspired by Carl Sandburg, the American poet, Albert Einstein, and Ernest Hemingway. Apparently, if you put those three faces together, you get the worst version of a face. And that was E.T. It took three months to make this puppet, and the puppet cost $1.5 million. Whoa! Steven Spielberg said about it, quote, It has an appearance only a mother could love. Finally, a history of the American suburb. Right after World War II in America, there were way more cars. There were way more highways. White people had way more money because of the GI Bill, and they were given out loans for houses and tax incentives to buy houses, which meant people were moving from the city into suburbs. Mm. Housing developments were booming because they had more cars, because they had more highways. They could travel further, thus they could live further from work. So into the suburbs moved the young white families. Between 1950 to 1970, the nation's suburban population doubled. Wow. That's crazy. To put this in E.T. context, E.T. takes place in a suburb in California in 1982, which was early in the Reagan years, which was huge in the family values (gasps) energy. Very interesting. That's kind of it for this historical context. That was an interesting historical context, actually. A lot of um, of coals de sac. Yes, like passers-by. Exactly like passers-by. Okay, Sienna, let's dive in. Okay. To phone notes. We take notes on our phones because we watch these movies separately, and then we send them over to each other to read on the pod. And of course, if you haven't tuned in recently, we now read each other's notes. Okay. I can already tell this is going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) What are you seeing? One of the things I wrote down is crotch shot. <laughs> and later in my notes, you're going to see that I wrote, even for an 80s film, this is unbelievably crotch forward. <laughs> right? There was so much crotch in this movie. <laughs> so, okay. The movie starts out with a big spaceship has landed down. Wow. Do you, do you know why E.T. ended up getting stuck? No. Me neither. We don't know anything. Nobody explains anything in this fucking movie. He didn't have to be stuck. For intelligent life. <laughs> pretty dumb extremely stupid like i how how have they managed to do intergalactic travel and yet are still pulling a home alone (laughs) it was very home alone such bullshit yeah and while this is happening i guess the government the fuzz are out here searching they somehow picked up on the fact that aliens arrived and they're just a bunch of men out searching adult (laughs) men because 
I guess the point is they didn't show any faces of adults until way later, except for the mom, mm-hmm. which took me a while to realize. Mm-hmm. So at first, it's just like, wow, we're just seeing a lot of crotches. So many crotches. And one character is called Keys because you only ever see him introduced via the keys on his belt. And the belt famously is right around the crotch area. So they were <laughs> always focusing in on the crotch. Big time. Shockingly. Yeah. I mean, focus on the family, but not that close. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? E.T. Ad Break. We'll be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Sienna, one of your first notes is, I wish I wasn't eating tofu while watching these alien fingers. <laughs> I was so I gross. hated these alien fingers. They were too long. Liana, 
I found this film disgusting. It triggered my disgust reflex. I felt very sick. There's a certain aesthetic that is probably because being children in the 90s, 90s kids, mm-hmm. um, and parts of this, the 80s and 90s, it seems like they're these films, they, they were like reveling in the grossness. It's like no one had seen slime before. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell that this is the 80s. They're like learning about slime mm-hmm. and then they end up loving it in mm-hmm. the 90s and early 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. This and was like pre-Kids Choice Awards yes. or wherever they slime people. Exactly. Nickelodeon. But they're still at this time trying to make things all realistic. So like this is very, I mean, I get how this is an why this puppet cost so much and why it was amazing at the time and whatever, because it's so gross. It was so gross. I really, it's like when I have nightmares, it's like this sort of material that I imagine is just upsetting, moldy, wet being. I'm going to say it. I was saving it for the right time and I feel this is the right time. Okay. He looks like a sentient ball sack. (laughs) He does. No, he does. (laughs) There's a lot sort of like scrotomy. It's so scrotal. It's a scrotal film. Oh. <laughs> okay, here it comes. <laughs> the fatal moment for Liana is this note that <laughs> says, Ah, Jesus, I didn't think about the fact that this movie was going to be mostly children. <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't noticed thus far in this podcast journey with us, uh-huh. Liana mm. cannot stand child actors. No. Very consistent across the board. Thank you. Usually there's only one or two. This is the first film we've watched that is all children. And not only is it all children because it's about children, but partway through is when you realize they're leaving the adults out of it as part of the art. Mm -hmm. It's like it's the child's perspective. I felt the same way during this movie as I did during Raging Bull. (laughs) Like, how much longer? (laughs) Make it stop. I so sick. (laughs) Can you just give me like a breakdown of your feelings on these characters? Okay. The child characters we had. Yes. That we mainly see. Mm -hmm. We have our skinny little boy. Elliot. Elliot. Yes. Shrill. At a 10 the entire time. Mm -hmm. Does not care enough about his dog. Sir, you have a dog. You don't need an alien. Pay attention to your dog. Mm. You don't care about dogs. Very Liana comment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I care about my dog. I know. (laughs) Then he has his older brother. Mike. Mike. Okay, knowing their names. Mm-hmm. And then... Mike was mostly teeth. A lot of teeth. Teen teeth as well. Awful. Round. You just know his breath is bad. And then Drew Barrymore. Best actress. Smallest yes. actress. Highlight of the film. Except for the dog. <laughs> okay, so you enjoyed Drew Barrymore. But not when she talked. I lo- <laughs> so my question about Drew Barrymore for okay. you yeah. was... Was it more fun seeing a child actor who you knew the adult version of? <clears throat> Because it's kind of just like an adult in playing another character, except for she's playing a child in this one. Yes. And also because I thought she was three, everything that she was doing was very impressive to me. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, wow, she's three years old. This must have been hard to do. Her her pigtails were very cute. Mm -hmm. She was the least messy of anybody in the film. She had the most correct response when she first saw E.T., which was screaming her head off and wanting to run away. Mm -hmm. And she was smarter than everybody else. I also often don't like little girl characters because mm-hmm. they're another thing that men mess up. Yeah. They're always very boring and like genius or yeah. too sweet. Like they just make them a symbol of something instead of making them like the weird little freaks they are <laughs> in real life, you know? <laughs> yeah. But her character was just a little bit more. I get why this character did so well and this acting yeah. performance did so well because she just seemed more like an actual kid. I'm sorry. I just I just saw a phone note. Mm-hmm. Liana says, why is this all taking place on the set of Arrested Development? 
And you wrote, is this the George Lopez house? (laughs) And later in mine, I was like, okay, hang on. So the exterior of their home is the Arrested Development house and the interior is a pizza hut? (laughs) Let's talk about this house. Okay. First of all, (laughs) let's set you physically in space. Again, Liana was telling you about the suburbs. This takes place in dusty Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. in the valley. Mm -hmm. Have you been to the valley ever? Yeah. I have not. Oh. But I feel like I have now. Yeah. (laughs) Just the dustiest. It's it's Halloween times. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. October, but you wouldn't know. Right. And if you've seen Arrested Development, Mm -hmm. it is a housing community where one of the houses got built and then the company went bankrupt. So there's only (laughs) one house on this plot of sand, dirt. Uh And that is the energy that this neighborhood has. Even though they have neighbors, it feels like they don't. That's com- that's so true. Yeah. I was and the house, exactly it's, it's that like cookie cutter home thing of the exterior looks a lot like that same house. Yeah. <laughs> In Arrested Development. Yeah. E.T. would be so much better if Ron Howard came in with the narration every now and then. <laughs> E.T. <Ooh>. phoned home. <laughs> the oh. kids were dying. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> so you feel they live inside of a Pizza Hut because they had sort of a a booth? They have sort of a booth. And the chandelier light fixture that was over their table looked exactly like the one that was over the salad bar at the Pizza Hut that I went to as a child. I feel like the 80s looked like a Pizza Hut. I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Liana says, it looks like if Michael Caine... <laughs> ate Yoda and pooped him out. (laughs) He does, though. (laughs) Just think about it. Think about Michael Caine. (gasps) Michael Caine. My name is Michael Caine. And I just ate Yoda. E.T. He's my pope, isn't it? Think about Michael Caine's face. No, I'm seeing it. Think about Yoda. Mm -hmm. Chewed up a little bit. And then pooped out. Yep. That is E.T. That's accurate. I am loving that you questioned how and why are they so confident that E.T. is a boy? <laughs> Absolutely. It comes up a couple times where because they're kind of offended because the bad guys later find E.T. and they'll, they'll call him it. Mm-hmm. And the kids are like, he's not an it. He's a him. Mm. So many problems with this. First of all, gender is a construct mm-hmm. to begin with. A very earthly one. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. So on top of already that being the case, yeah. and society needs to work on it. Right. You don't know anything about this alien race, how they do anything, what is needed for them to continue procreating. Mm-mm. I also don't understand what E.T. and his family were on Earth to do. That There's so much about his journey that doesn't make sense. Like Again, <laughs> he got stuck here, but why? He just sort of wandered away and they left because they didn't care about him. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they came here at all. To pick up a plant? The internet was saying he's a botanist. <laughs> okay, the only reason that that makes any sense to me is because, A, at the beginning I wrote down for myself, he's picking up a tree. Oh. Because I was like, I am not, there's like, there's nothing else to hold on to. <laughs> and then when he leaves at the very end, spoiler, there ends up being a, the ship comes back because yeah. he phones home. And he brings with him what I can only assume plant. will be an invasive species. Fuck, you're so right. There is no way those geraniums are not going to kill half the ETs on their home planet. No. Why is this boy wearing long johns all the time? Thank you for saying it. They are in the valley. 
it is still warm. This boy, Elliot, is always wearing long johns, and that just didn't make sense. Just an interesting choice. It was so odd. Children in the 80s, what was happening? If you were a child in the 80s, please, are you okay? (laughs) Because according to this film, you are dressed in the pajamas of a 19th century longshoreman, (laughs) psychically connected to a sausage bag, Uh and you have four teeth. (laughs) Okay. Scary, naked, E.T. was awful and terrifying. Are you, when you wrote that, are you talking about when he's in the ravine? Yes. And he looks like, um... He looks even more like a sausage, but an uncooked one. Yes. Mm -hmm. He looks like a bratwurst. (laughs) I didn't understand the color changes happening. Okay, this movie makes me so mad because once again, the men who made it were like, we don't need to explain anything. None of this needs to make sense. He's a boy. He's an alien. Ah, good. Flowers? Off they go, space. That's why, one of the reasons it was so weird and one of the reasons it was so boring is like, they didn't tell me anything. Nothing about it was actually compelling. All of it was a mystery that did not get solved. So E.T. comes to Earth, theoretically for plants. Uh He gets left behind when everybody else in his race gets their little Teletubby signal on their belly and is like, oh my God, time to go. Which I found disgusting, by the way. That's very funny. That's sort of the one part about him that I liked. The Teletubby thing? Yeah. Because I love a Teletubby. It was like his heart got hot. Gets left on Earth, somehow syncs up with a boy, mentally and physically, to the point that they both get ill at the same time. He tries to contact his people, his family, by making a little record player that transmits signals to space. And then he camps outside, becomes a bratwurst, Uh and is found by the teenager with four teeth. Just horizontal on a river's (laughs) edge, going... Couldn't have said it better myself. Why did they link up? They don't explain why suddenly Elliot and E.T. are... Feeling each other's feelings. But this is that same thing about Men on Hinge where, like, I like deep conversations. Yeah. I think they just were like, when two boys become friends <laughs> and start actually talking to and enjoying each other's company, uh-huh. there is no other choice but for them to become one brain uh-huh. and one very ill sausage body. <laughs> I want to quickly acknowledge the drunk scene, because that's kind of the major part where you really, they really hit you over the head with the fact that they're connected, that they feel each other's feelings. What did you think of this? This felt very much like the 80s doing comedy. Mm, The drunk scene? Yeah. I had two feelings on the drunk scene. Great. Elliot is in class Mm -hmm. (laughs) while E.T. is at home drinking beer. Coors Light. He glugs down cans of beer, six pack. And while that's happening, he gets drunk. And also at school, Elliot becomes drunk. I thought this was actually kind of fun. This was one of the only scenes in the movie that I was like, oh, I get it. I'm having a good time. (laughs) I was thinking, I wish that this was more of it. I wish they were doing more of this, just like one of them feeling something over there and making the other one feel something. Yeah. That'd be kind of like a Freaky Friday energy sort Mm -hmm. of, or, you know, Mm -hmm. that could have been something. But they only have this one scene where it really occurs. E.T.'s getting drunk. Elliot is in science class in which they are chloroforming live frogs to dissect them while their hearts are still beating. Did you listen to any of the dialogue in that scene? No. It's fucking insane. It's just this faceless teacher walking around the room saying, when you cut them open, you'll see that their hearts are still beating. And I said, pardon me? At least when I was in high school, the frogs were way dead by the time we got them. And then the teacher... Later is like, now here's the cotton balls. These are filled with chloroform. This is going to make the frogs go to sleep. Don't worry. They won't feel any pain. But if you don't want to watch them die, you don't have to. 
Each kid gets a frog, puts it in a glass jar with the chloroform cotton ball, puts a lid on it, and watches the frog die. (laughs) And I was like, this is why the 80s ruined America. Because that is what was going on in classrooms around the country. The 80s was a sick time. This is why the Supreme Court today is bad. (laughs) It's because you let kids chloroform frogs in 1982. I 100% agree with that. But thanks to the botanist penis, Elliot Uh gets drunk in class and is like, oh my god, we gotta let these frogs out. So he frees 1,000 frogs. So many more than there were kids in that class. Way more frogs than there were kids. Where did those excess frogs come from? Do not know. He climbs atop a different boy to use him as sort of a stool, a bench, to elevate his height. That's what he climbed on? (laughs) Oh my god, I really... What did you think it was? A box. (laughs) (laughs) I actually didn't look down. I have a problem with not looking down sometimes. I have that too. It's really hard to connect with people who are way shorter than I am. It's unfortunate. I literally don't know what their world is. I also don't look up, to be fair. So that's why I don't like kids. <gasps> They're too far down. I'm like, what are you, what? Huh? He stands on the back of a fellow student and thin lips a girl. That is where this film, Cause I, I mean, in every place it felt like this, but this especially felt like, oh, men made this in the 80s. A hundred percent. Yeah. I just felt really uncomfortable with that. They don't care about the girl at all. Yeah. Does she have a name? Her name in the credits was literally Pretty Girl. <laughs> It just felt weird, and she was very, like, dressed up in, like, I don't know. She just had, like, sort of an adult look to her, and it just makes me really uncomfortable knowing how child actors have been exploited and women and girls. Yeah. Many girls in Hollywood have been exploited. It sucked. It just didn't feel good. And then, yeah, I again, I get the, the way of viewing that's, like, a cute kid romance. I, I know, but it didn't, it didn't feel good to me. It didn't feel safe. Mm-mm. Why don't we think about not having a scene in which you plant one on a girl mm-hmm. without asking her if it's okay? Mm-hmm. You wrote, um, Liana, WTF, they killed him? (laughs) Okay. A very important thing to note that I did not expect from this film. Mm. Many, much of it is predictable. I didn't know like a third of it would take place in like a hospital. (laughs) This little alien has been having mischief. They're dressing up in Halloween costumes. Oh no, my mom Mm. might find out. And then all of a sudden they find him naked, raw, like a sausage in a ravine. Yes. And then. And then they, they are all back in the home somehow. And he's now powdery white. Finally, the mother looks down for the first time in the film. She looks below her waist level and sees her children and also E.T. And is like, first of all, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And her son, Elliot, is like, I think we're dying. (laughs) Why? We will not be told. We are meant to just accept that. And then Mm -hmm. the most insane scene of the film. (laughs) The mother has the only logical response besides... Embryo Drew Barrymore. <laughs> right at the Fetal beginning. Drew Barrymore. Mother screams her head off. She says, kids, leave that thing alone. Get out of there. Let's go downstairs because that is a sentient bratwurst and we need to go. They're like, no, no, no. And she's like, no, that's the worst thing I've ever seen because uh-huh. she's correct. They go downstairs. A moon astronaut oh, enters the home? My gosh. Why were they in space suits? This is... Southern California. Uh, uh, this is the set of Arrested Development. You are not in a zero gravity zone. You do not need the big 2001 A Space Odyssey costume. Why? I too was extremely baffled. Did we miss something? Like, did something, was there a, a meeting of astronauts where they were like, okay, we need doctors, we need law enforcement in suits with guns, and we need literal Neil Armstrong? We'll be right back. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. It must have been crazy for you watching this for the first time because I had seen this at some point before. I knew key things of phone home, bike across moon, Mm -hmm. brought roast in a river. Mm -hmm. I literally knew to look away in that scene. And Mm -hmm. then I looked back too soon and I still had to see it. And I was like, no, no, that was so terrifying. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen on television. That's right. But I also knew about the two boys being in hospital at the end. That must have seemed absolutely insane to you did you say in hospital like british people sorry (laughs) in hospital in hospital interesting that was completely insane that Mm. was completely insane because it suddenly becomes extremely dark and also like again like boring like i don't want to see them being sad in a hospital for this freaking long it was so weird because the acting felt really bad and do you want to know why the acting felt bad why because those were real doctors really (laughs) yeah 
Why did they do that? Because Spielberg was like, I think casting actors is going to make the medical jargon not sound natural. And I was like, casting real doctors is going to make them look not natural it's on make camera. The acting. They're not, not going to sound natural. That's so funny. <laughs> they sounded so weird. That uh, actually makes a lot of sense. And the, th- the feeling that I remembered having from watching this as a younger person was sadness that E.T. was dying. Mm-hmm. This time around, get that thing out of there. Put some lotion on it. Send it back to space. I don't want to look at that. Yeah. One thing I find, I guess, somewhat impressive is that this movie must mean things to children. And I think it's impressive that he figured out how to speak to children in this way. Because Mm. as an adult watching this, this alien, they have him on a table. Mm -hmm. He's clearly, they keep killing him. (laughs) And then this poor child who's like, they're making him watch the whole thing. Insane that all three children were allowed in the operating room. Yeah, which is insane. (laughs) They're all watching it. And the, the helplessness... Of watching. Yeah. It's like torture. It's also the fact that Twinkle in her mother's eye, Drew Barrymore, uh-huh. <laughs> believed that they, it was real. Yes. Apparently. That's insane to me. Because also the death is so traumatic. Oh my God. I didn't, they, they went really, they went in on this. They like, did all the things. He looks like I did when I got really sunburned on the 4th of July this year. He is peeling. <laughs> he is pale. It is, he is croaking. I really didn't like this this part of it. Not cute. Like the rest of it is crazy. Also, in this ending scene, okay, E.T. and Elliot have been out all night and they don't know where they went. This is on Halloween night. And then the mom is called, I guess, the authorities and is like, I can't find my son. And then she shuts the fridge door and her son is <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. And I said, off brand Princess Diana finally logs on. <laughs> Because that's finally when the mom started paying attention to what the children were doing. Instead of trying to go on a date with a hundred candles and no man. Did you like the mom for this reason? No. Oh, I've ignored Because I've never seen a woman that unobservant. <laughs> I've never seen a woman who just doesn't look below her hips. Like, that is crazy to me. <laughs> I also... The fact that they don't explain why the boy and the alien can, like, feel each other's feelings. I thought, this movie is what men think people with uteruses mean when we say we've synced on our period. They're like, that's that must be what it is. Feel, feel each other's thoughts. They get drunk if one of them is drunk. And then if one of them dies, the other one does. Oh, And my that's gosh. a period. In our segment, Badges and Tragedies, we award the film badges for things that we said yeah about and tragedies for the things that we said what or no for. I got a badge for a starry forest landscape. I love a starry forest landscape. And this was at the beginning of the film and the end. Speak of the freaking devil. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got a badge for I didn't know they knew about nature in the 80s. <laughs> I've never gotten that response about anything from you. Is this what happens when I talk to you about nature? I love nature. And, oh, we were treated to it. They were like sequoias or, no, I couldn't have been. They were literally sequoias. Tall trees. Because for the nature shots, they went to Northern California. That is clear. I recognize that. It's so obviously not in the same climate. (laughs) He's like, get the BMX bikes. We got a bike to San Francisco. (laughs) Quick. They flew. (laughs) Yes, more nature in this film than you'd think. Yeah. Um, I have a badge for a framed photo of a dog. (laughs) Cute. There was a framed photo of a dog. I have a badge for waddling. Quite a lot of waddling Mm. in this scene. I thought you would like that. I did. 
Um, a badge for the dog itself. <laughs> right after the framed photo. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, a framed photo. Oh my god, a dog. <laughs> I got a badge for a comforting soundtrack. That's one thing this era gets is they really started doing soundtracks and movies right. Shouts out to John Williams. Oh, the only reason this film has any emotional arc. <laughs> the rest is fully unclear. A badge for the dog is the only one in this movie with some sense. <laughs> he sees E.T., starts barking his head off, and for the rest of the film is like, no. No to that. That's a no. That's a no from me, dog. I got a badge for pretty good child actors. Drew Barrymore was the best little girl representation I've seen. And the brother with the teeth that you didn't like. I thought he was pretty, I thought he was funny. I have a badge for a dog sneezing. <laughs> the dog sneezes. This is when E.T. is about to drink Coors and he throws some potato salad and then I got, the dog goes. <laughs> and I said, yes. I have a badge for making a movie with children's viewing experience in mind. I get that that's the cool thing that this movie was doing. Mm-hmm. That's different mm-hmm. than boobs. That's true. I was so afraid they were going to make E.T. horny for the mom when he looks at her for a long time. I'm actually at the end of my badges, and I am realizing right now that every single one of my badges was about a dog. That wasn't a bit? No. Are you kidding me? I didn't know. <laughs> I actually don't believe you, but I do. <laughs> the first one with nature, and then I guess the rest of them were just about the dog. I thought that was like a fun segment. No. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> All the rest of us listening thought that you were doing a thing. <laughs> okay, well, my final badge when Elliot tells the older brother that ET is alive, <laughs> the older brother jumps up in excitement and hits his head on the ceiling, and I laughed out loud. That did feel best moment of the film. That was a big teen energy. Like, oh, he's not aware of how big he is. It's just funny to have somebody hit their head. Yeah. That's funny. That's true. All right, Trages? Trages. E.T. wasn't horny for the mom, but in the first scene, I got a Trage for a kid trying to poke the mom's ass. Ew. Do you see this? No. She's loading the dishwasher, dancing, and one of the knife boys tries to poke her ass. And then Mike is like, hey. Hey. Don't hey. poke my mom's ass. He's like the crabs in Finding Nemo. Who <laughs> like the bubbles. Uh, but hey, 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 hey. <laughs> don't goose my mom. Literally. That um, was the 80s. Don't goose my mom. <laughs> but only my mom. Goose the, anyone but my mom. Another gorgeous sound bite from our episode. <laughs> my first trage is ew. <laughs> my <laughs> feeling about this movie, I can't like convey <laughs> enough how much I was feeling the whole time. Ew. I literally couldn't look at the screen. It was like The Godfather. I had to turn away I really didn't for a like certain moment. I was just like, oh, oh my God, no. <laughs> icky, icky. Uh, I have a trage for heavy breathing. <laughs> Most of E.T.'s existence is heavy breathing. Kind of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Okay, I got a trage for not my kind of puppet. <laughs> if mm. I ordered a puppet, this is not what I'd want to see. Wow. The whole movie was a trage for me, but my final trage was <laughs> the line between the mom and mere zygote drew barrymore <laughs> at is, conception drew, drew barrymore drew barrymore says are the boys gone then the mom says what boys ma'am your sons <laughs> the only two boys that you have around what mother ever would say what, what boys? boys that's what sucked about this movie is they just wrote a woman who didn't care but it was just so like no woman was involved in the script except that a woman wrote the script Really? That's what was crazy to me. This was written by a female screenwriter? That was the power of the 80s. Like, that's how much they hated women at the time, was even when women got to write women, the women were terrible. I have a big trench for 
during the drunk scene when E.T. slowly licks soup or something from the fridge? Yes. At the, that point, I had turned away. I, I, I audibly, I mean, I let out. It's like when you talk about these violence things mm-hmm. that you see. This was mm-hmm. like the most violent scene I've seen. Yeah. He did a slow, slow, slow puppeted scrotomy lick it was of so- some sort of like ranch soup. Oh, it's horrible. I literally, I don't know what the past was or why people's tolerance for like things that. that trigger your gag reflex was so much higher. Yeah. But we have evolved past the need for this. They also know how to make things cute now. Yeah. And try to do that now in a way that they did not clearly in the past. Have you seen Moana? Mm-hmm. You know the pig? Yeah. Adorable. Adorable. Why wasn't that E.T.? They were still figuring it out, I guess. <sighs> They're working out the kinks. A big tragedy that we did not get to discuss. The only thing I noticed about him waking up from death, because uh-huh. he literally dies. Yes. When he wakes up from his death slumber, he comes out and he goes like, E.T. phone home. <laughs> like a 60s yeah. late night show host. He like does his catchphrase. Like he doesn't come out like, oh, love was the answer. He comes out and he's like, wabba la ding dong, E.T. phone home, baby. And I think he says it a couple times. And then he's like, home, home. This movie could not pick a genre. It could not pick one. At that point, I was like, was the cryo chamber filled with cocaine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it then seems he, like it was. He was suddenly cocaine. E.T. phone home. <laughs> Ridiculous. Next mm. is a segment called How to Pretend You've Seen This Film. This is for when you're at a party where people are doing a lot of cocaine and you're not, you don't want to do any, but Mm -hmm. everyone else is. And Alan comes up to you, coked up, Mm -hmm. and he says, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, I just wish I could blast off into space, which I'll talk to you a lot about another time. But right now it's making me think about my favorite movie. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen the movie E.T.? The Extraterrestrial? In order to stop Alan from cocaine murdering you, yeah, we're going to give you a few sentences you can say to pretend you've seen the film E.T. Wow, the special effects were really unprecedented in the 1980s. The puppet hands, the boys biking on a green screen scene of northern and southern California really makes me want to praise this film. Mm-hmm. Alan, what I loved in this movie was when the boy decided not to chloroform something. I think that was something very cool that maybe more of us should emulate. Oh, the lighting. The scenes in which Elliot and E.T. were kind of in shadow and dark and hard to see, and the light was streaming through the windows. Hmm. That was so special. Alan... We have to go. Our period synced. We're dying. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we continue to help you with a segment called Should You Watch This Or, in which we tell you if we think you should watch this movie or if you should do literally anything else with your time. Liana, Mm. where, where do you fall? No. No, you should not watch E.T. at the extraterrestrial what you could do instead is you could listen to katie perry's song et honestly a banger oh and you could go to the woods of northern california Mm. go to the sequoias climb up one beam me up scotty i don't want to be here anymore (laughs) 
Sienna, what about you? I love that. That's wonderful. Yeah, I actually, I don't think you need to watch this movie. Also, even like, with a puppet. Even with a puppet. Oh. No. It's gross. Oh, it's good to have you back. <laughs> also, like, E.T. Phone Home, that's it. You actually get the gist. That's that's all. But it's pretty, pretty straightforward. There's not mm-hmm. much that you're missing out on. No. And you know what? I prefer the movie Matilda. A kid with magical encounters in sort of a similar, that's like the 90s, but, you know, a similar mm-hmm. aesthetic and mm-hmm. the warm soundtrack and mm-hmm. things. Um, Danny DeVito's kind of stout and waddles. I knew you were going to say Danny DeVito. <laughs> I just knew it. Uh, it's got it Danny all. Danny DeVito, the E.T. of Matilda. <laughs> <laughs> but that movie's really fun and good, and I love watching it. It's one of my favorite movies. Aww. So watch that instead. That's like the same vibe. Yeah. Liana, how would you rate the film Extraterrestrial? Extraterrestrial, the extraterrestrial. <laughs> <laughs> I would give this film 0.5 sentient ball sacks out of five. <laughs> oh, I hated it. I hated watching it. The whole experience. And uh, y'all, like, even if this was a good movie on paper, I could not process that. Like, I, I which know. A, I don't think it was. But B, it was so horrifically awful to take in <laughs> I know. for so many reasons. I was like, no, this is impossible to comprehend. But I give it 0.5 for the John Williams score, which I do think pulled it away from being a complete Rob Bratwurst on the side of a riverbed. <laughs> Sienna, what would you rate the film Extraterrestrial, the E.T.? This might be the movie we fall the closest on yeah. about our feelings on it. Um, I ha- With my Sienna rating inflation, I'm going to give it a 0.9 yeah. Long John's. <laughs> A point nine, Long John's out of five. The points it gets is because I do like that it was a movie made for kids. I like content that that does that. I, it probably was cool to watch as a kid, and I'm happy for people who got that out of it, especially if you watched it at a time where there weren't nicer things to mm. watch that were made for you as a child. Mm-hmm. But I do think this is when they started doing all that, so... That's appreciated, but I, it was so gross. Ugh. It was so gross, and I didn't get it. Oh, my gosh. So this was not my type of movie. No. There you go, everyone. There's Test Popcorn's take on E.T., the E.T., mm-hmm. starring the first woman, <laughs> Drew Barrymore. <laughs> the crafting of the uterus. The first double X chromosome, <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Thank you so much for listening. We, again, are on social media in a huge way. Big time. It's good content. Give it a follow at Tossed Popcorn Babes. Please rate us five stars. It makes such a difference. And join us next week when we will be watching To Kill a Mockingbird. Ah. Oh, good. More children and more boring. (laughs) Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. Hold up. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.